do your job. Dad like it's your job. Do your job! With Chris Zito. Do your job. He's a dad, a radio host, a father, a speaker, dad, an actor, a dad, a comedian, a dad, a husband, a dad, and well, a dad. Hello and welcome to Dad Like It's Your Job. I'm your host, Radio's Chris Zito. Have you heard of me? I didn't think so. All right, here's the deal. Today, we've got this guy, Mike Hall, on the show, and he's amazing. He he runs this site called uh, strongfathers.com. Strong fathers, strong families. This guy is a real fathering expert. He's a dad. He's got grown sons, and we talk about that a little bit. We talk a lot about showing up. This guy talks. He has great strategies to help dads to show up. I mean, I really felt, I don't know, I just felt a real connection with this guy, Mike Hall, and I really enjoyed talking to him. I think you're going to enjoy our talk. If you know dads that have kids, and maybe they're looking to be a little more involved, this is a great pod. Be sure to share this particular episode with that guy. This is my conversation with Mike Hall. Mike Hall, thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for joining me today. You bet. It's good to be here and always good to talk about dads because that's kind of just all I do all the time. I think, so. <laughs> hey, why don't we start by talking about your kids? Tell us uh, tell us your, your, your own personal experience being a dad. What do you got? So I've got two very large, hairy boys, um, 26 <laughs> and 31. Okay. Uh, when I say hairy is um, both of them have very long hair and big beards. Okay. One lives in rural Arkansas and runs a zip line. Okay. Um, Sharks. So yeah. he told me, he said, I'm not really using my degree, Dan. I'm like, you're paying your own bills. You don't call me for money. You bought a house <laughs> in rural Arkansas and you zip line through the Ozarks. Do do you, bro? That's what you need to do. That's fantastic. Uh, my oldest and my youngest had taught a little bit and is looking maybe at doing teaching. You know, it was a little bit more solid because uh, my wife and I are both teachers or former teachers. And then my oldest son uh, works at a high school in uh, Dallas ISD. Um, and is also a musician, a drummer, a keyboardist. Um, he's just a musician. So they, he's got, he's in a regional band. I say regional, you know, yeah. they've got some yeah. albums things. So, okay. uh, but yeah, so proud of both of those guys. Uh, of they've course. got young women in their lives and, um, actually just saw them over the Thanksgiving holidays and very proud of those guys. Yeah, I bet. And, you know, it's so hard because I've got, I've got two grown and two that live at the house and, uh, the one, my oldest, Dr. Kagashaw, I call her. That's her married name, and she has a PhD. And I try to work that into pretty much every conversation I have, Mike. I work this in that my daughter has a PhD. Because when something like when, I'm when, smart when, enough to raise a PhD. Yes, yeah, well, well, when something like that happens to a kid, I blame the parents. That's how I look right. at it. So. <laughs> but uh, she and her husband sold their house and they bought an RV. They're in their, she's in her early 40s and they're already living the RV life. So she definitely did something right. And then my older son, he's a hairy one too, long hair, big giant beard he, he and his wife live in pensacola florida and uh with my two granddaughters and of course you know I, here i am in massachusetts uh, it, that's the hardest thing when they're grown and flown sometimes they really fly man i mean it's yeah. that's a hard yeah, thing it, you know and it's hard because well and i and but it's interesting because it it is hard and i had a i had a pretty tough transition i was ready to be empty nester yeah uh, you know and proud of my kids but sure. realizing how little control I had and how little control I should have. Right. right. And so even as they've flown, um, you know, we get phone calls, uh, we get 
get to talk advice. And then some of it is just letting them do their thing and then kind of, you know, uh, we support them where we want to. Whereas yeah. when they were with us, you supported them because you had to and needed to. Like you mentioned your son in Arkansas. Oh, gee, Dad, I don't use my degree. And here he, he's a grown man and he's doing his thing. And that that's... Right. That's it. I mean, you know, I, I, I really I feel the same way. I don't care what they do. I mean, sometimes they'll call me and tell me what they're doing, and, and I give them all that support and love, like you said, and then I get off the phone and I look at my wife and go, you won't believe this. You will not believe this. <laughs> but I don't say that to them. It's really none of my business anymore, you know? Right. So that's a hard thing. But um, I wanted to talk to you because I know that you do so much work with uh, strongfathers.com. It's a great website. It's a great uh, that's a great resource for any dad that's hearing this tonight. Strongfathers.com is a great website. It's so helpful. But I watched a video that you had on there, by the way, very impressive, down in D.C. on this panel with the Secretary of Education. Oh, yes, I mean, yes, you, you know, I mean, so I feel like I'm rubbing elbows with somebody who rubbed elbows. So that's something, you know. Uh, yeah. There's a story behind that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was quite the honor. It's just we're 10 years out of that. It used to be big on my email, like right underneath my name. Yeah. And then over the gotten smaller and smaller. <laughs> and now it's only in my bio and it's in my bio. You know, they read these bios when you speak at conferences. Sure. And you're like, dude, sounds impressive. I hope I can meet up to that today. Well, the thing like, is, you know, I, good stuff in it. Yeah. I've gone through that with stand up. You know what I mean? Because the guy says, well, what do you want me to say about you? All right. Well, so I just had a little part in a Sigourney Weaver movie. Right. But. Eight years ago, I had a little part in a Larry David movie, and I was so glad to get another movie credit so I could switch that out, you know, because I got, oh, this guy was just in a movie with Larry David. Yeah, in 2015, I was in a movie right. with Larry David. Yeah, nobody <laughs> needs to know that. Nobody needs to know that. It's like, hey, I was there. Did you, did you do a movie with Larry David? Oh, okay. Then I did. So, yeah, so I guess I did. All right, but the, the, the thing that impressed me about what I, what I saw you talking about was the different programs that you've had over the years where you've reached out to dads specifically and said hey we're doing this thing will you come and specifically inviting them and the success you've had with that can you talk about that a little bit mike yeah and so i would love to tell you that i'm that smart but what i am is i have done the time and i am that smart in the fact that i paid attention yeah right and so we we hit this kind of success early on i actually worked for a group out of austin early where i cut my teeth before i and I, i didn't have any dream to start my own gig um, but the, it was a small nonprofit that kind of imploded, and that happens sometimes. Yeah. So we're in our 20th year at Strong Fathers, and what we learned is it's very simple. If you invite the dads, they'll show up. Right. Um, and that's really all it takes. And it's crazy because people say, well, our dads. I'm like, no. I, I, um, I, we say we're from the woods to the hoods. <laughs> and so I've been in inner city Chicago. I've been in inner city L.A., um, uh, inner city lots of some cities smaller than that. Sure. Train folks in Manhattan and, and in the different boroughs that are seeing the same success, rural Kansas, uh, Florida, rural Florida, urban Florida, just all over. So 45 states. And the thing is, every time they follow this recipe, these dads show up. Now, part of the dastardly piece, which is genius, dast- evil genius on my part, is we have the kids color the flyer and take it home to their dad. Well, uh. you got to be some kind of dude when your baby <laughs> girl brings a flyer and says, would you go to my school right. on Tuesday? In two weeks, because we give them enough time to make plans. Sure, sure. And that's part of it is invite dads and respect them enough to give them time to make those arrangements. And schools have been horrible at that. So just last week, uh, my dog and I, my dog needed, I needed a dog sitter. My wife was out of town. And I'm like, I'll just take the dog. So the dog and I put in 1,200 miles around Texas. 
And in these uh, couple of small districts, we had full, I mean, we filled the cafeteria, but it happens all the time, not because they know my name's not on it. They don't know who I am. It's right. not anything about the show. It's about yeah. we invite you to show up with your kids and they just do. So yeah. pre-COVID, yeah. before all that hit, we were averaging 140 families or dads per program in big and small schools over the whole course of the year. And so sometimes we'd have 300 dads or 80 to 120 dads, but that was the capacity. You know, we were kind of at capacity almost every time. But the whole secret to that is invite dads and expect them to come, you know, and give them the, the respect due of we got to give you enough time to be here. Um, you know, and so they do. And that's yeah. kind of part of yeah. our message is it's not the day. Well, what I tell schools is if parents aren't coming to your program, it's not the parents, it's your programs. And that's hard to take, but it's just true because we've just proven that if you invite the dads, they will show up for their kids. Yeah. All ethnicities, all economic levels. Uh, we just don't find a set of dads that don't show up if they get the invitation. Yeah, and it's interesting what you say. I, I, I'm sure that you ran into this when your kids were growing up. My older son in particular was great at this. That He would bring something home for me, and it would be in his bag. And right. what I, by the time he was in third grade, I got in the habit with that one. You know, they're all different. This particular right. kid, I got in the habit of going through that bag at least twice a week because right. for some reason they'd send him home with something for me. And gee, somehow it didn't get out of the bag and into my hand. And so, you know, that's that's the only that's the only challenge that you find with some kids. But I think that you know, especially little kids, they get excited about inviting their dad. You know. Oh, yeah. Elementary is a piece of cake. Right. Right. Uh, and it's interesting. Even the kid that has those flyers in what we call the Mesozoic era of the backpack, <laughs> like there's just layers stacked yeah, in, you know, exactly. Um, but because it says bring your dad to school and I talk about the classroom being the natural habitat. Sure. Like uh, you and I have older kids. But yeah. if we were in the grocery store today and met somebody that we were in second grade, maybe haven't seen. Right. Since second grade. Sure. We lose our minds we would go back to the good old days and, and they're like what is that about that's because we were we were in our own half i mean that that classroom mm -hmm. uh, as much as we've got some real issues and the schools are facing issues it's not just a cultural issue right um but that's where we grew up sure. and that's where our kids grew up so for them to bring us into their world um now in middle school we used to mail the flyers home because we knew the kids wouldn't get it there right Part of our secret is we put stickers on the kids the day before the event, like Dad's Day tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And so if flyer did go or if the family forgets, right. like, what's that on your shirt? Oh, yeah. And we've had kids, no dad, right? They like they go home and they put it on his billfold. They put one kid put it on the remote, which tells you a story. Um, <laughs> one dad put it, one kid put it on dad's steering wheel, went outside and put it on his dad's steering wheel. Yeah. So when dad got up in the morning, he wouldn't forget. Sure. Uh, one dad I got in trouble because one kid put it in the sink. So that he knew the dad would brush his teeth and say, which, which the kids are, that's the kids are genius. Yeah. Um, middle school kids want their dads there. They just don't remember anything. Well, uh, you're making such a good point here too. This idea of the little kids are so excited to bring the invitation. The other kids are coming up with creative ways to get that in front of dad. That the message is these kids want their dad to be a part of whatever it is they're experiencing. And that's something that younger dads or newer dads I think it's so important for us to remember our kids want us there. They have this longing for dad to be a part of it. And it's so important. I mean, and it makes an enormous difference. And I think that's a lot of times for, for busy dads, 
younger dads that are really cranking it, trying to get their career going, and their heart's in the right place because they want to provide for their family, and they don't maybe don't realize just how important it is for them to be a part. And I know you have that experience that you can speak to this idea of what's the difference for a kid if their dad's around a lot and if there isn't. Is there a difference in the outcome for that kid? Oh, well, that's the whole reason we started Strong Father, Strong Family. So I'm a recovering middle school principal. Uh, <laughs> right, right. My wife says it's been over 20 years. You're not. Re- I'm like, I'm still twitching when I go into a middle school, I promise you. <laughs> Um, PTSD is strong in that, right? I get, so, I get still waking up with a cold sweat, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, teenagers everywhere. But so every kid coming through my office that had a behavior or academic issue either had no dad at home, which we kind of understand from research and practical experience. Yeah. But we had yeah. a ton of dads that were in the house but weren't connected to their kid or at least weren't connected to their education and many times both. Yeah. And there is this whole issue of schools not inviting dads. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so we were talking about the kids inviting. So when you get kids in fifth or sixth grade, they begin to say, well, my dad can't come. He works. Yeah. And so yeah. the schools and other people kind of put that on dad, which that's our responsibility. And it's, it's hard for, you know, kids know if their dad will be to anything. Right. But when right. a school, you know, does something at two in the afternoon and dad says, I can't go, I've got to work. That's real. Yep. And the schools need to like, maybe you don't do something at two, you know, mm-hmm. so there's that whole cultural issue. But yeah, the kids, the kids want you there. They need you there. You know, my kid, I, we were just talking before, like I was a marching band dad and our marching band dads were like a cult. Me you know, too. We wore, Me this, too. we wore a uniform and we go <laughs> up on time, you know, demerit. I don't know. It was just crazy. But we were there for our kids and our kids wanted us there. Now, I know they also wanted us there because dad's got cash when the concession stands open. <laughs> but you know, I wouldn't trade for that time, even though my kids weren't like all hugged up on me the whole time they were with their friends. Sure. But we had that experience together. And so I talk about when mom comes home at the end of the day and dad comes home at the end of the day. When mom comes home, I say, what do the kids say when you come home? If the kids are and they're like, mom, what's to eat? Like yeah. she's out. Been, she's been out changing the world. Right. But she does not get credit. Moms do not get credit for all the great work they do outside the home. Right. Because they're like, yeah, she, she could be president. But hey, mom, hey, secret, where's the macaroni and cheese? Right. When dad shows up, I said, how many of you guys get attacked by your kids? And they all raised their hand. And I said, well, it's called engagement, even though it feels like an attack. And I said, my kids, even as they got older, were like, dad, you know, and I mean, they finally got to where they're in high school. Hey, dad. Right. But that was something, right? Something. Um, Yeah. But we had that acknowledgement and you just know your kids want you there. But somewhere in there, particularly when we talk about teenagers, you're not the superhero they thought you were. That's the whole issue with teenage pieces that we don't talk about. We're like, well, you know, teens do. I'm like, no, they just figured out you really don't know all the things they thought you knew. (laughs) Well, listen, man. You can't lift everything. You can't. But they're just now getting to that. But the whole point is when dads are there, uh, the academic outcomes are huge. The social emotional learning outcomes are huge. I'm actually doing a deal. I'm actually doing a, a virtual presentation today about kids' behavior in early childhood programs, and what happens when we get dads involved. What that means for a child's mental health, behavioral issues, um, self-esteem, and 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 you know, and self-esteem. We've all blown that out. We yeah. all know, but I mean, that makes a difference in kids. You know, I'm not talking about participation trophies. I'm talking about a kid knowing that I've got a dad that loves and cares for me and would do anything he could do for me. And then talking about work, sometimes that is work that we need. They need to know, look, you got to eat. You need a house. We're going to go to work. 
but they need to understand that what you're working for is them. And I don't know that we always we don't always think that way and we don't always portray that to our kids. But the kids are waiting for it. And when you do that, I mean, we used to everybody knows that when dads aren't involved, you know, there's more teen pregnancy, there's more juvenile crime, there's less likely to graduate. Those are all big deals. Right. But all that all that goes back to when dads are involved, kids are better readers in first grade. They're more popular among their peers. And, and it's not like we're you know trying to win a contest, except that means they're more they're they're more securely attached. Uh, they're more uh, social and sociable. And those are skills that kids need to have to go on. It's not about, you know, they have somebody like them. They have somebody like them because we've endowed them with certain skills from our in our activities with them. Yeah, it, those are all so important points. And I, I was particularly struck when you mentioned this idea of, you know, you know, got to work, make sure they have a house and make sure they're fed. And I talk about that a lot in my talk where I say, you know, when you're providing for your kids, well, you know, come on, they got to have a roof, they got to have food, they got to have clothes, they got to get an education. And of course, anybody with an income can provide those things. And kids right. do need those things, but they also need a dad. They need that. They need that some that person in their life that will say to them, "I'm proud of you because you're mine." That's what I always right. tell my kids. I'm proud of you because you're mine. We're gonna start right there. That's that's the base level. Anything else is just gravy. And I will always do everything I can. I try to do that qualifier so that so that when they do get to be teenagers, it's not too much of a shock for them that I'm not Superman. You know that oh, dad right. can't do everything. You know that's that's right. a, that's a tough lesson for some kids to learn. So, uh, well, and we had a class, and it still goes on. I'm not teaching anymore. It's here in Dallas, Fort Worth, and it's for guys that are on probation for failure to pay child support. Okay, and the success we've seen in that is to get dads through the grief of what they've been through disillusion of a relationship or marriage, having a crap kicked out of them by the system. Um, you know, and I have some guys that are like, every woman I've married is crazy. Okay. Who's the common <laughs> denominator here, bro? Um, somebody somebody chose that woman. Either, somebody chose that woman. Let's let's talk about the guy who chose oh, her. Yeah, no, they're like, you won't believe I like, I didn't sleep with her. You're the one producing all these kids. I'm, why do I have to pay for her? You know, it's like yeah. I, you know, but it there's that, but there's also these guys that, you know, they want to be engaged and somewhere in there they didn't. And it's not always his choice. I mean, I've got guys that showed up yeah. and had people, other people in their lives make choices, but it's that whole point of, yeah, you can pay the bills, but paying the bills is not number one, what you'll miss. And number two, what your kid needs from you. So that whole class is about their role as a father. And that's what we pushed is yeah, like, we never talked about collection, right? But those guys started paying more money on their, on their child support because they realized how important they were to their child. Right. Like that's the yeah. whole point. And that's what we want dads to know is everybody talks provider. And I do think we've made a huge cultural shift in the fact that we understand dads are more important than that. I mean, when I first started this 24 years ago, what's the main goal? Of, you know, was dad's strength provider was always the first thing. Right. And that being into, um, you know, protection and nurturing and guidance and play. Play is a huge part of play. being a dad. Yep. Um, but yeah, and, and it's, it's the whole point of, you know, I, I, I was fortunate to have a dad that did work and did everything he needed to do to pay the bills, but he also like, he quit his job as a high school football coach because he realized he was spending more time doing that than with us. And he wanted to be with, us. you know, yeah. I was getting busy as a middle school kid and we sure, were in that sure. Uh, so when I was a principal, I realized through the, some of the dad work I was doing, I was spending more time raising other people's kids than my own. Yeah. 
Uh, you know, so I, I've been in this, yeah. So I've been in this business 23. So, I, but here's the deal. I quit being a middle school principal and everybody's like, Oh, he's a he like I was the poster boy for the group that I worked for. Yeah. You know, he quit his career to be a better dad. Mm. I quit being a middle school principal. <laughs> it's like saying he stopped hitting himself in the head with a hammer. What a hero. But you know what? That's, uh, a, that's a whole nother episode of this podcast, talking about how fathers will adjust their career and make those choices. You know, the, the, the very first episode, I talked to a guy, didn't write about fatherhood, he, but he had several essays he had written. He's an author. He had several essays he had written about how being a father made him a better writer. The more he fathered, the better writer he was. It, it just made a huge difference in his life. Listen, I could talk to you all day about this stuff. I'm obsessed with fatherhood. I'm obsessed with my kids, as I know you are. But I want to make sure we plug your website again, strongfathers.com. I love that slogan, strong fathers, strong families. That, that's really important stuff, Mike. I really appreciate you being with us. Well, and let me give you one more for your for your audience. And I know they may be listening to this a year from now, um, but uh, or two years. You know, I mean, that's a good part about podcasts. You can go back. Strongfathers.live. Okay. Strongfathers.live. New you 23. And so we're gathering up some dads to do some talk. Like I meet with dads in schools. I'm, I may talk to anywhere from 500 to 1,000 dads a week in schools around the state of Texas, around the country. I was in Indianapolis yesterday morning, right? Right. Um, right. I'm back in Fort Worth today. That's why that, I'm only 27, but look at this gray hair. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> but we, we've got the opportunity now that we're doing so much virtual work to get guys together and provide uh, not necessarily a support group, but kind of some guys are going to turn into the new year, mm-hmm. want to make some changes. And this will be up for a while uh, because we want to see if there's interest and provide some of the things that we know we've from our work with dads. We worked with over a quarter million dads um, and we know dads care and we know dads want to got to do both. You want to love your kids and we are called to provide for them. Of and course. there is a balance and yep. it's tough and we're all trying to reach it as well. So. Well, that's why I always talk about life work balance. That's the way I start my talk. We're not going to talk about work life balance because that puts work first and we can't do that. Right. We, we, I talk about life work balance. Strongfathers.live slash new you 23. You're doing great work, Mike. Please keep it up. And uh, it's just really, really wonderful to meet you. And I appreciate you doing the pod with us. Thank you. You bet. Let us know if we can help in any way. There you go. That's my conversation with Mike Hall. Strongfathers.com. Be sure to check that out as the year wears on. I just love talking to him. You know, that when I give my talk, Dad Like It's Your Job, same title as this pod, I close with this idea of showing up and, uh, you know, we joke a little bit about what you end up showing up for, but that really is the deal. I loved uh, that stuff about the dads that owe child support and uh, the the progress that he helps those guys make. So uh, hope you enjoyed that conversation. I really did enjoy meeting Mike Hall and chatting with him. Be sure to like the episode. Please subscribe. Leave us a review. All of those things help. They help the pod. They help my career. They help feed my children. My children's future depends on what you do next, faithful listener. All right, that's a little dramatic, but still, I hope you'll subscribe and like the episode. As always, thanks for listening. Tell your pals.